Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I was trying to lure him with everything that we used to do together. I'm like, hey man, I'm throwing out throwing parties. I'm like, bro, just come. Everything's free. Drinks, girls, everything. Just come. He was like, no, nah, I don't want to go. What's wrong with you? Is she right there? No, nah, she's not here right now. I couldn't even understand it. But when, when he came sharing with me, he had my ear because I knew a gang of hypocritical Christians trying to tell me stuff. And I just look at him like, man, shut up, have a beer. But him, I had to hear him out. I had to listen to him because I'm like, man, I, I know at least he's living it. Has God radically changed you? You once hated Jesus, but now you love him. Are you a living testimony of Jesus? Today, Pastor Bill shares his testimony where he saw the life of his drinking buddy change drastically because of Jesus. This drastic life change proved that Jesus was true. Those whose lives have radically changed have an excellent weapon against the enemy who traps others in their sin. Let's remember to allow our lives to shine the light of Christ to those stuck in this darkened world. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. I believe these things so strongly, Paul says, for to this end, to, to work myself toward godliness, to, to store up treasure in heaven, to live a life that glorifies God. I've suffered reproach. I labor. I work to the point of weariness and I suffer reproach. People talk mad about me. People treat me poorly because of what I'm doing. So, but I, I willingly labor and I suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. Do we trust in the living God? Paul, that's how come it doesn't matter to me. Because we trust in the living God. We trust God who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. When you, I, I was stumbled over that earlier. I was looking at that just saying, the savior of all men. And that, does, does that universalism, does everybody get saved? That's not what it means. He's the savior of all men. Can all men be saved? Did Jesus die for all men to be saved? Yes. But everybody's got to, everybody doesn't receive that gift, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So when he says here, he's the savior of all men. He is a savior for the non-believer. Jesus is your savior. You need to believe in him. If you die without him, you die without him. But he was your savior because there's no other savior for you. Jesus is it. And so the savior of all men, especially of those who believe, he said, these things command and teach. This last section here, Paul is going to instruct Timothy, recognizing Timothy's young compared, compared and comparatively in that culture back here. You know, it's the Jewish culture. Um, their elders were elders, older. Um, something unique in God is older doesn't mean more godly. To be older doesn't necessarily give you any kind of authority in God. Um, as Christians, we respect the elderly. We respect those that are older than us. That's just what we're supposed to do. But spiritually speaking, is there any benefit to being older? Only if older, I mean, if somebody saved at nine, walks with the Lord to be 99 and they've grown in wisdom all those years, older is wiser. They walk with the Lord a long time. They got a lot to share. But if somebody just lives to be 99, do they, are they wiser? Not necessarily. They might be an old fool. Um, I mean, honestly, you go you go long without God and you be set in ways that are ungodly for a long time. You just old. Um, there's no benefit in that. And so Paul is going to instruct Timothy because. It can be difficult for someone younger to try to minister to people that are older and they're, just, they're looking at you like, you, what do you know? You're still wet behind the ears. Boy, you can't tell me nothing, you know. But, but Timothy does know some stuff. He knows God. When you know God, you know everything. 
Spiritual wisdom is the only wisdom that there is. It's the only wisdom that matters. And so Paul is going to encourage and instruct Timothy in this way. And so look at verse 12. He says, let no one despise your youth. But he tells him, but instead be an example. And the word despise, don't let anybody despise you. Don't let anybody look down on you just because you're young. Right. Don't you be worried about how old you are, that I'm not old enough, that they're not going to respect what I have to say because I'm only this old. Don't let don't worry about that. Let no one despise your youth, but you be an example to the believer. And he gives them some specific ways to be an example. I would say this to all you young people. My encouragement to you guys would be there's something special about youth that you never get to go back and get. Uh, most of us that are older, uh, I was telling Harmony this last week. We we're talking. I said, "Man, if, if I could, if this is the dream. If I could, if I could do something, I wish I could go back to high school saved." Um, I, I just look at what I did in high school, and I'm like, "Man, I just wish I could have been saved in high school. I feel like I could have done some things, you know, because I did some things." But I did the wrong thing because I was in the wrong place, you know, and I always look back and just think, man, if I could have been saved then, like, man, I could have really, you know, just I could have went for it, you know, but I wasn't. I got saved at 19. I had to go for it then. And so when I look at young people, I just think, man, like you guys have the potential to do with all us old folk. We can't do it no more. I can't go back and be your age and, and, and talk to your friends, um, you know, and do you, you know, I, I can't go back and do it. But you can. You guys can. And I would even say this. Um, because I think for some young people, the idea is that, well, I'm young. I can just minister to people my age, maybe, but not older people. Oh, but you don't even know. You don't even know how the truth sounds from someone young that's living in it. It's so impactful. I've been convicted. I've been cut to the heart from my own kids at times. Just as I, they're just, it's just young. It's young. It's honest. It's pure. And it's true. And as it floats off of their little lips, it's like, oh, man. But there's nothing else to say there. I can't resist it. I can't say no. I can't say, well, I'm a daddy up in here. You know, I just got to say, yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. I know it's BJ said it, but yes, Lord. You know, um, you'd be amazed how God might use you guys. Um, my sister who's saved now, I praise God for it. But I was reaching out to my sister for years. My sister was the first person I shared with when I got saved because we grew up like this. Love her to death. We were like this. And I got saved and then we just went separate. Now we had nothing else in common. We didn't club no more. We didn't party no more. I didn't go to comedy clubs with her. And I was like, man, I got nothing in common with my own sister no more. And we tried and I just sharing with her, trying to lead her to Christ. It wasn't happening. Years going by trying me and I got my wife trying and we're meeting with her and all these different things. And I'll never forget this. We were in a minivan and Harmony was like seven or eight and we pray for my sister. So Harmony knows she's not saved. And so Harmony says to my sister, she says, do, do you love Jesus? And my sister's like, well, yeah. She's like, well, do you obey him? And she just dug a little deeper. And I remember, I remember sitting, I'm in the front seat with my wife and we're like, oh, snap. <laughs> she's she's going to think we put her up to this. I didn't tell her to do this. She's just going for it, you know. And then she tells her, she's like, because I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to be in heaven with us. And that impacted her so deeply. And it wasn't many months beyond that, that she had made a sincere commitment and gave her life to the Lord, has been walking with the Lord ever since. But I remember just being in the car, just thinking, now, if I had said that, do you love the Lord? Why are you always judging me? You know, but when it was coming from this little girl, it was like, it was just different. So I, I, I just want you young people to know that if you, I mean, God will take you now. God wants you now. He should have you now. He died for you now. 
God wants to use you now. God doesn't want you to wait until you're old. That's what some people think. I'm going to wait. When I get old, then I'll get serious about God. You know, for right now, I'm going to try to have me some fun. Um, what's going to happen is, for some people, they, they never, they, they get so good at whatever they're doing instead of coming to God that you just get good at rejecting God. You never come to God. And so if Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die for your old life. He died for now. Uh, as soon as you hear the message and believe it, you, now he wants your life. And so Paul tells Timothy, let no one look down on you because of your youth. But instead, be an example, right? If you live your life a certain kind of way, no one can say anything about your age. And so he gives them several things to be an example in, uh, six things. And you can just look at each one, write them down. First, be an example to the believer in word. So how you speak, be an example of the believer. Let your speech um, be, be, be something that's in keeping with being a believer. Doesn't mean that you can't, you know, be, you can't have fun and you can't tell jokes or whatever. But in your words, is there anything in your words that are not like Christ? Be an example to the believer in your words, how you speak, things you're saying. They, would, they, they wouldn't contradict, but they would line up with Christ in conduct, your behavior. That there wouldn't be things in your behavior that would diminish or take away from Christ. Be an example in your conduct, your behavior. Um, that's, that speaks so loud, just how you behave yourself. Uh, how you live, how you live day to day. Uh, your parents will see it. Other people around you will see it. Uh, it, it will impact. Be an example in your conduct. Uh, I, I got to share this because it was we were paid a great compliment. Uh, I got up to the, the camp last night and um, all of our our all of our girls are in a cabin all together. And the ladies that, you know, it's all it, that's another camp. All the kids from Calvary down there, all there together. And they came to me. They, they, they came and got me. I walked in and like, I just got to tell you this. Those are the sweetest. I've never seen girls that age. Like they're all just like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, I, Jesus, I can't, I can't. They're not even my kids. I can't take credit for them. But they were just like, they are this is the sweetest little group of, of, of girls, you know, and just they're observing them and watching them. And so I thought I was it was it was I was blessed. They, I think they sweet, too. So um, for someone else to see it and just say this, watching their conduct, watching how they interact, watching how they're behaving, your conduct. You be an example to the believer in your word and your conduct in love. Just that's that's a that's a, a a basic component of being a Christian. Just that we walk in love, agape, that we love on other people. Be an example in love, in spirit. And I believe the way that is used here is, is speaking of uh, enthusiasm. Some people are very enthusiastic about things that don't matter, right? I today is it's, it's uh we in playoff season for football. And I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the enthusiasm is 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 through the roof, and you know it's fine. Sports, it's it's something that's enjoyable. Uh, I trip on this. I know guys that are Christian that you'll never see them go out of their way to like put Christ out. They won't ever put a. They'll never post in their Facebook something real evangelistic. Uh, but when sports time comes, they be riding. I mean, it's just like, ooh, just, you know, you just make it. Okay, I know you're a fan. My goodness, are you on the payroll? You know, just the enthusiasm is through the roof for something that don't even matter at the end of the day. You don't get paid if they win, unless you're gambling, which is <laughs> a whole nother thing. Anyway, <laughs> but but then we get saved. People come to Christ, and there's just there's no enthusiasm for it. It's like, you know, they're kids that are, you know, the, the kids that I knew when I was in high school that were supposedly Christian. I never I never heard it. There was never I never saw anything. It was like if they did went to youth group and everything else. I found out all about that afterwards. Um, there was no they weren't like, you guys, you guys need to come. You got to check this out. I never heard that. 
I never seen them enthusiastic about the Lord. And so in spirit and you love the Lord, man, don't hide that. Be enthusiastic about that. Let it show. Let that be. Let that be at the top of somebody know you. They should know like, man, she loves the Lord. That dude loves God. He's not like I me. Mean, he's unique in that. He loves God. The one thing I can say about the God that led me to Christ is when he got saved, it was so radical. Um, there was a there was a and it was enthusiastic. It was like I couldn't take away from him when he got saved that he was not the same guy after he got saved. What I had tried to do was blame it on something else. I blamed it on his girlfriend. You whipped. But that wasn't it because <laughs> they both got saved a month after high school. They got married. And then, you know, I'm like, man, I, I was trying to lure him with everything that we used to do together. I'm like, hey, man, I got, I'm throwing out throwing parties. I'm like, bro, just come. I, everything's free. Drinks, girls, everything. Just come. He was like, no, nah, I don't want to go. What's wrong with you? Is she right there? No, nah, she's not here right now. I couldn't even understand it. But when when he came sharing with me, he had my ear because I knew a gang of hypocritical Christians trying to tell me stuff. And I just look at him like, man, shut up. I have a beer. But him, I had to hear him out. I had to listen to him because I'm like, man, I'm, I know at least he's living it. So in, in spirit and faith, that, that that's a that's a big one that you can be an example to the believer in faith. Some of you kids, your parents will watch your faith. They'll watch you trust God and encourage them as you, you. You can be an example in faith. Some, that's something no one can take from you. There's no age on faith. You can be 50 and have faith. You can be 15 and have faith. You can be 15 and be faithless. And you can be 50 and be faithless. Be an example in faith. Just trust God with everything. Believe his word. Live like you believe it. It'll be an example to people that are watching. And the last thing, impurity. Be an example in your purity. And again, I encourage you young people that um, Paul telling Timothy, hey, you be an example in your purity. Like, don't, don't be vile in your life. You wait on God for what he has for you. And uh, I believe for, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I love marriage. Uh, I told my own kids, I was my own daughter. I said, look, I'm, I'm not going to be the dad that's like, nobody ever going to date my daughter. That, not, not right now, not while she's 15 or 16. But when it comes, when she's ready for, when she's at an age where she can get married, I'm like, you pray, you wait on God, you listen to the Lord. And if, you, if it's right, I'm, I'm with it. You know, if, if I can approve of this guy. If I don't, I'm going to knock him out. But if I can approve, if I can look and say, hey, this dude loves Jesus. Um, I, said, just, I said, you just don't. You make sure that at whatever point you bring somebody around that you say, dad, I, I, that I need to be, if I can, I, I just need to be able to agree that, hey, he loves the Lord. That's, I'm not I'm not against that. Um, I want you to walk in purity. I want you to walk in holiness. And I'm not saying there's not an age. There's a, there's a time frame. There's a time where, you know, God has that for you. God will have that for you. And it'll be it'll be right. It'll be better if you wait and do it God's way. I've been blessed over the years to watch several different people, um, several couples that I watched and people say it can't happen, but it does happen today. Several couples. I was blessed to walk them through counseling that they they had never fornicated before. They had one couple that they was their first relationship. One of the junior high pastors at Downey is a kid named Dustin, another girl named Jennifer, and they finished high school. They served God all the way through high school. He went to Bible college. He went to a Zusa Pacific, and they were serving with me in the summer. And they came one summer, and it happened within one month. He came to me and was like, man, I'm, I'm starting to really feel like I want a relationship. And so I'm like, well, just pray. I said, is there somebody in mind? He was like, I don't know. I'm just praying. I'm like, okay. And then the same month, she came to me and Mika, and she said, um, you know, so how are things going? What's going on? And she's like, oh, can I tell you something? I'm like, yeah. And she, same thing. I'm like, really? I said, is there anybody in your mind? 
And uh, and me and my, my me and my wife were like, maybe, just maybe, you know. So I just I just threw it threw it out there. I, I asked him. I said, Have you ever, you know, because he's a sound guy and she was on the worship team. I'm like, you know, I mean, do y'all ever talk? He was like, she is, she's she godly, he godly. They both virgins. They ain't ever been with nobody. And he was like. Yeah, but it would be weird because if, if I start something and it don't, then she may want not want to be in ministry. And I said, we, we, why don't y'all just come over for dinner one night? They came over for dinner and they exchanged phone numbers. They just text for a while. And I said, y'all keep texting for a while, you know, <laughs> before you knew it. You know, they were coming saying and he, he was I, I so appreciated what he did. He said at one point, he says, you know, I'm going to take a I'm taking a week to not have any contact with her. I'm going to pray. And God's got to tell me if she's the one or not. If she's the one, then I'm going to get a ring, I'm going to get engaged, I'm going to get married. I'm not going to be dating her forever. You know, I'm not going to string her out if it's not the Lord. He took a week, prayed. He says, that's the one. And he went and got a ring. I mean, he was about it. That marriage happened like that. That was, uh, that, I mean, he was like, that's what happened when you, when you wait on the Lord. There's some girls, I tell girls, you know why you're dating for five and six years? You want to really know why you're dating for five and six years? Because everything that you get when you get married, they already getting it. You're not a prize. You got to be a prize. And I would say to a woman that you, I would suggest you not even marry a guy that, that wants that from you, pre-marriage. That he didn't value your walk with the Lord. I, I would say that's not the guy for you. So be an example in your purity. You hold out. You keep yourself pure. And this is the thing. This is the advantage, right? When you keep yourself pure, See, if you're a young man and you're saying, I, I want I want a prize. I want a godly woman. You be a godly man and God will preserve a godly woman and you'll be fit for her. Um, but you out there, you can't be out there running amok talking about I want somebody pure. You ain't even pure. You can't want what you ain't, you know. And so same thing for a, 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 a woman. It's like you want to I want a guy that's a godly man. You be a godly woman and you'll attract a godly man because all the all the little donut guys will roll up. And because you're not with that program, they'll be on their way. To somebody who is, but you'll attract a godly man who says, that's, that's what I want. I'll wait for that. That's a prize. And so you be an example in your purity. There's some prizes that come with that, that you can't, you can never go back and do it over. You know, you can never go back and start that relationship over and be pure then. Um, and I tell couples in, in premarital, I say, you know what, as you go through premarital time and you guys abstain, what you guys are proving to each other is that, hey, we fear God. It's not that we don't have feelings and that, that we don't want to do stuff, but we love God more and we love each other enough to wait. So when you get married, you know, and you're on in the marriage, they could look at you and say, wow, this person fears the Lord. I'm not I'm not worried about him or her. But you get a couple that's messing around and sinning together. They know you don't fear God. You get married and you be like, I don't know why. Why is she always asking? Where you at? What you doing? Where texting you, calling you, trying to trying to track you with a device and everything else. Like, why are they all like that? Because they know you ain't about nothing. Y'all both ain't about nothing. Y'all know it. Y'all, you know, they know there's no fear of God. You sabotage your own marriage by living like that. So anyway, that's all extra and for free. Be an example in your purity. Amen. Till I come again. Till I come, he says, give attention to reading, to exhortation and to doctrine. In that time, they didn't have copies of the Bible like what we have. And so when they would come to gather like this. You might be coming in. I'm reading Timothy. You don't have it to follow along. So I'm reading Timothy. You're hearing it for the first time as I read it. So Paul told Timothy, give attention to that. Make sure not just for yourself, but when you guys gather together that you're reading the word to them. Give attention to reading the word, teaching them and giving them doctrine. And it, it's a it's a if you want to write notes, write down Nehemiah 8, 8. Uh, and, and Nehemiah 8, 8 is a, a, a great example of why we do the Bible the way we do the Bible. 
um, why we go through the Bible chapter by chapter and verse by verse. It says this in Nehemiah 8.8. It says, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God. They gave the sense and they helped them understand the reading. They read from the word. They explained the word. And they get application to the word. That's what we seek to do here. Just take people through the Bible. No, not a lot of extras, not a lot of add in stuff, but just through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. So he says, um, now, verse 14, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy and with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Paul's telling Timothy, there's a gift in you. Don't neglect it. And you know what that gift is, because there was a time when the elders had laid hands on Timothy and maybe it was spoken out prophetically when they prayed for him. But they saw something in him. It was spoken over him. Don't neglect the gift that's in you, Timothy. Don't neglect it. I would say this to the adults, to the parents, to the leaders in our church, the adults that are here. As we look at our young people, as you look at your kids and you recognize something in them, especially something spiritual, something that God could use for his glory. You need to speak that to them. You don't want to just see it as I wonder. Keep it to yourself. Tell them. I see that God could use that in your life. I, I, I see God. This is just a natural without anything extra. That's what God's doing in your life. Um, you know, and you speak it to him and you encourage him in it and you challenge him about it. And you show it to him in the Bible and you, you speak it and you pray and you encourage him because they need to hear it. They need to hear it there. I, in my life, there have been people that saw what God was doing when I didn't see it yet. And they spoke it to me and I heard it when I heard it, I was like, yeah, I don't know. For real, man. And then, then, then it happens. And it's like, wow, because they spoke it over me and it kind of put it in my mind. I was praying about it. And next thing you know, that's what God was doing. We want to be speaking that to our kids that they would have. Maybe they don't have the discernment to catch it yet. Maybe they don't even see what you see forming yet. But you just see, I see something there that God could use. And so, you know, when Harmony was little, always she was just singing worship. Just it wasn't nothing you told her to do. You didn't teach her to do it. She in the shower for hours singing worship songs. She in there having full concert. Me and Mika used to just sit by the door and listen, like, look at her. That's so cute. You know, we were just here and we're like, I'm going to make her learn an instrument because that's just something that she naturally loves. That, that's something that she can do for God one day. You know, um, I got another kid that, 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 that he likes to talk. So I'm, I'm sewing in some word because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give you something to say because you, you'll say it. If I tell it to you, it's going to get said, you know. As you observe your kids, we want to speak God's love, God's truth, God's word over them. But as you see what God's doing, be praying as you pray for them. God, show me what you're doing with this one. I know that they're yours. I know you have a will, a purpose, a plan, something you want to do with their life. These lives are not just they're not just nothing. Show me what you want to do in their life. Show me something that they have that you bless them with that can be used for your glory. And just have an eye for that. Speak to them about it. Even as leaders in the churches, we observe the little people running around here. If you see something. You pull them aside. Say, you know, I watch you, man. I see this. And just we pray for them. Encourage them in that. Don't neglect the gift that is in you through the laying on the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. I love this verse right here. Give yourself entirely to them. Paul says, man, meditate on it. Be thinking about it and just give yourself to it. Give yourself entirely to it. Anybody here with a calling, that's what you need to do with a calling. You just give yourself, God, this is what you call me to do. I'm giving myself entirely to it. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go after what you call me to do with all my heart. Give yourself entirely to it that your progress may be evident to all. And that's the thing with young people. You give yourself entirely to something. God said your, your progress will be made. Everybody will see your progress. It won't be it won't be something that's hard to see when you just give yourself to it. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing so for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So the last thing is to take heed to yourself, how you're living. Take heed to your doctrine. 
For in doing this, you'll save yourself and the people that hear you. Thank you for joining us today on A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. We're so glad you took the time to be here. Pastor Bill is diving into the book of 1 Timothy, a letter Paul wrote to the young pastor with words of wisdom on how to lead. Paul taught Timothy to serve in humility by sharing his own story of salvation. In 1 Timothy 1 verse 12, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointed me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly and in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. There is no quicker antidote to pride than to look at who you were when Jesus found you. As you guide people to Jesus, remember where you were and be open with your story. The world doesn't need a perfect leader. It needs humble people to lead them to the Savior. A Transforming Word is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Did you want to hear more from Pastor Bill or listen to today's message again? You can find today's message and many others on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to do some deeper study for yourself, we have a daily Bible reading plan you can join in on with us. Well, we're out of time for today, but we'll be back right here next time for more in the book of 1 Timothy on A Transforming Word. <music>